Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. The chat is open if you want to say hello and let us know that you're here. And if you are visiting us today from another ethical society or UU congregation, uh, let us know that too. We'd be happy to know we have such distinguished visitors. Good morning, Robin. Glad to have you with us. Hello, Martha. Let me uh, widen my screen here. Okay. okay, good morning, Nancy McGuire. Um, reminder to folks, if you want everybody to be able to see your chat messages, uh, you need to have your setting on all panelists and attendees. Hannah and Brennan are here, welcome. Susan Runner from Chicago, yay. <laughs> Naomi Goldstein says, liminal is her new favorite word. Okay, now we're getting a whole bunch of folks coming in. Good morning from UUCY in York, Pennsylvania. You are very welcome here today. Uh, Janelle from UUCY of York. Christine Parcelli, good morning, Christine. And Josh Blinder. Adam Goldberg says, welcome to Lynn and everyone else. Still have a few minutes to go before we get started. Oh, from John and Lisa Paulos. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly from UUCY. And we are on Facebook now, yay. Hello from Judy Ohm. Again, folks, if you're just joining us, I will uh, remind you that to have your chat messages seen by everyone. You need to have your setting on all panelists and attendees. If you just want to send a message to the panelists, that's a different story. Morning from Jeff Mehal, Cynthia Janis, Kathy Smith and Lynn Bortner from UUCY. Thank you. Brian and Leanne. Carrie and Jamie, welcome, Trang. John Campbell, hello, John. There we go, Judy Ohm's gotten her message out to everybody this time, yay. Patty and Paul, glad to have you with us. Russell McKnight, good, thanks for joining us today. Peter Bishop, good morning. Well, the UUCY folks are out in big numbers today. Glad to see that. Hello, Emily and Carl, Charles and Tessia, Doug and Anne-Marie. How are we doing on time? Morning, Barb Nathanson, Steve Snell. Oh boy, really coming in fast and furious here. Uh, hi, Trish. Um, 
Uh, we can't see you, Trish, because um, you are not a panelist and the screens only show the panel participants, but we did get your chat. Good morning from Mirka and Hunter, from Catherine and Chris, Joan Fulton from UUCY. Yes, we'll see, that's right. We will see you if you come to coffee hour. That's a good point, thank you, Lynn. That's when we can see each other's faces. Morning from the Bujaks. Robert Felton from UUCY. And the Ewings. Laura T, good morning. Hope all are well today. Julie Campbell, yes. UUCY is the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of York, Pennsylvania, one of Lynn Cox's previous interim congregation uh, positions. And their folks are taking the day off from Zoom and they are joining us. And so glad to have them with us. All right, I'm thinking maybe we should get started. So, um, This is a good time to get a candle to light during our candle lighting, and then just get as comfortable as you can in your favorite seat and gather your beverage of choice if you like. Good morning. We gather in this virtual room into this place of imagination, learning and action that has been prepared by those who came before us. We gather to give and receive what we need to make good choices and to do the things that are consistent with our values. We give and receive encouragement, challenge, hope, inspiration, information, affirmation, and more. Though we may be physically distanced, we are not alone. Let us gather to connect, to open our hearts and minds, and to find common ground in the service of justice and kindness. We come together rooted in our places across town and around the world. Though we can't hear each other, perhaps singing the same thing at the same time can help us feel connected. So this is around, and so if you get lost, don't worry, the song will come back to you. I invite you to join in singing Come, Come, Whoever You Are, based on words by Rumi. Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving, ours is no caravan of despair. Come, yet again, come. Oh, 
Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Perry Beider. My pronouns are he, him, and his. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Even as we gather in new ways, it is good to be together. Today's kind of a special day for us. It's Lynn Cox's first platform as the new interim leader here at WES. Lynn is a 1995 graduate of the University of Maryland a 2003 Masters of Divinity graduate from Star King School for the Ministry, and a 2014 Master of Science graduate of Loyola University, Maryland. Turns out that Lynn is the second Star King alum to serve as leader here. Ed Erickson, leader of West from 1959 to 1971, also graduated from Star King about half a century before Lynn. Lynn serves on the board of Star King as the Graduate Association representative. Unitarian Universalist Association awarded Lynn the accredited interim minister credential in 2018. This is Lynn's fourth interim congregation. Lynn lives in Baltimore and enjoys gardening and speculative fiction. Lynn, if you haven't already heard, our science fiction fantasy book club meets on the fourth Sundays of the month. Um, we have some visitors today from one of Lynn's previous congregations uh, where she served as interim, where Lynn served as interim, the UU Congregation of York, Pennsylvania, um, as their folks take the week off from Zoom. And we're especially uh, welcoming and glad to have you with us as we welcome all of our visitors from near and far. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat uh, and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, that would be M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat. And we hope you join us after the platform service in our Zoom coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it on your device. There might be different ways of doing that, possibly clicking on the red dot 
in an upper left of the chat box or a chat icon at the bottom or top of your screen. And if nothing else, you can always resort to putting a post-it note over that part of their screen. Um, whatever works for you is fine. And now in keeping with our summer theme of collaborators and co-conspirators, I invite Joe Klein to read our statement of purpose. Joe is a member of the Pastoral Care Associates, the group that conspires to provide confidential support to West members in crisis or transition, such as a health crisis, loss of a loved one, or arrival of a new baby or child. They also work with the entire West community to provide an organized practical support. Many thanks to you and the rest of the associates, Joe. The floor is yours. Thank you. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Joe. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as we speak the candle lighting words on the screen. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the women and girls of color for whom Joe Biden's selection of Senator Kamala Harris to be the Democratic Party's vice presidential candidate is a welcome, if overdue, some symbol of recognition and inclusion. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you to continue our centering time with a breath, as deep as may be nourishing to your body. We breathe in partnership with the trees and the grass and the plankton and all of the living things that produce oxygen. We breathe in tandem with all of the beings who give back carbon dioxide. We breathe in and out air and water vapor connected with the living earth in every moment. In this season where some of us and some of our loved ones struggle with the breath of life, whether from illness or systemic racism or wildfires or many other reasons, we open our hearts with love and remember our connections with one another. May we commit 
to action that will make it possible for all beings to find ease. I invite you to breathe in once more in a way that's comfortable and refreshing for your body. May we receive this breath with gratitude. May we release this breath with compassion. May we receive this breath with awareness of our relationships near and far. May we release this breath with awareness of our responsibilities. In the quietness of this moment, I invite you to hold in your mind and heart someone whose teaching or inspiration or collaboration made it possible for you to act in accordance with your values. Who might you remember with gratitude in this moment? How has your connection with others led you to courage and compassion? We breathe in, remembering what we have received. We breathe out, committed to carrying those actions forward. Aware of the past, we bring our attention back to the present moment. Perhaps there are plants nearby or animal companions or people around us. Perhaps there are sounds coming in through the windows. Perhaps our senses have access right now to a glimmer of beauty nearby. With a few more breaths in a moment of silent meditation, let us rest in the connection and inspiration of the here and now.
So I'm going to start with a story from the Sufi tradition, which is a tradition within Islam. There are several versions of this story available, including one from the UUCLF web, website, uh, the Quest website. This version is from the School of Sufi Teaching in the UK, remembering a teacher named Awad Afifi who died in 1870, and it's called The Tale of the Sands. Like all folk tales and fiction, we can find meaning in it without believing it as literal fact, which is another way of saying, I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. A stream from its source in far off mountains, passing through every kind and description of countryside, at last reached the sands of the desert. Just as it, had, as, as it had crossed every other barrier, the stream tried to cross this one, but it found that as fast as it ran into the sand, its waters disappeared. It was convinced, however, that its destiny was to cross this desert, and yet there was no way. Now a hidden voice coming from the desert itself whispered, the wind crosses the desert. And so can the stream. The stream objected that it was dashing itself against the sand and only getting absorbed, that the wind could fly and this was why it could cross the desert. By hurtling in your own accustomed way, you cannot get across. You will either disappear or become a marsh. You must allow the wind to carry you over to your destination. But how could this happen? By allowing yourself to be absorbed in the wind. Well, this idea was not acceptable to the stream. After all, it had never been absorbed before. It did not want to lose its individuality. And once having lost it, how was one to know that it could ever be regained? The wind, said the sand, performs this function. It takes up water, carries it over the desert, and lets it fall again. Falling as rain, the water again becomes a river. How can I know that this is true? It is so. And if you do not believe it, you cannot become more than a quagmire. And even that could take many, many years and it certainly is not the same as a stream. But can I not remain the same stream that I am today? You cannot in either case remain so, the whisper said. Your essential part is carried away and forms a stream again. You are called what you are even today because you do not know which part of you is the essential one. When it heard this, certain echoes began to arise in the thoughts of the stream. Dimly, it remembered a state in which it, or some part of it, had been held in the arms of a wind. 
It also remembered, or did it, that this was the real thing, not necessarily the obvious thing to do. And the stream raised its vapor into the welcoming arms of the wind, which gently and easily bore it upwards and along, letting it fall softly as soon as they reached the roof of a mountain many, many miles away. And because it had had its doubts, the stream was able to remember and record more strongly in its mind the details of the experience. It reflected, yes, now I have learned my true identity. The stream was learning, but the sands whispered, we know because we see it happen day after day and because we, the sands, extend from the riverside all the way to the mountain. And that is why it is said that the way in which the stream of life is to continue on its journey is written in the sands. So ends the reading. So in today's story, the stream reaches a point where it must change and it's resistant to the idea of change. Now, clearly this is a poetic convention. Streams change all the time. They are constantly receiving water from rain and runoff, constantly losing water to evaporation and animals drinking, constantly flowing and shifting. Yet, we imagine that there is at some point a stream and at some other point, it is not a stream. This is part of what makes the metaphor work and why we might find some meaning in the poetry of this story. I'm gonna suggest that we can imagine both ourselves as individuals and our community as a whole to be like the stream. As individuals, we are constantly changing. The cells that make up our bodies are coming and going all the time. The thoughts of our minds are, one hopes, constantly in development. The times and places in which we find ourselves provide an ever-shifting context that lead us to change in response. Similarly, communities are always changing. The story of every community is one of a constantly moving stream. Happily, there are new members every so often. At the same time, we hold the memories of those who have died. Sometimes we have to say goodbye to people who move away, though that's less often necessary in an age of online platforms and online deepening circles. Wes is not the same as it was in 1944 or 1966 or 2006. And yet there is a continuous stream of community and we might find turning points in the story in retrospect. As you heard from Perry, I have just started here as the interim leader. The interim period is an opportunity for us to work together to help Wes find clarity of mission and self-understanding. Ideally, the self-examination and organizational change work that you do during this time will help set up a long and fruitful relationship with your next long-term appointed leader. But even putting that aside, this is a turning point and a chance to learn and grow as a congregation in a different way. The tale of the sands is a useful metaphor for this turning point. For one thing, the stream has complicated feelings about change, and it's important to honor that, because even when change is unavoidable, 
even when change is in a positive direction and gets you closer to your goals, that doesn't make it easy or comfortable. Another thing I notice about this story is that it can be viewed through the lens of the five focus points of transition as defined by the Interim Ministry Network. You don't need to write this down right now because we will come back to it, but briefly, the five focus points are heritage, leadership, mission, connections, and future. We'll come back. Finally, and I think most importantly, the stream does, does not transcend the obstacle alone. Encouragement, shared information, and teamwork are all necessary to help it reach its destination. Like the stream and the story, people often initially have a negative reaction to change. I know that I can personally identify with the statement, can I not remain the same stream that I am today? Right? Can I not just go back to eating in indoors and restaurants and be safe? Can I not just go to a family reunion and hug my people? Can we not just keep doing things the way they have always been done? We cannot, in either case, remain so. We might have choices in shaping the change and how we respond to it. In finding common ground, in creating institutional relationships, in working together when we don't agree about every last detail, or in entering with the uncertainty of discernment, we may indeed wonder about losing our individuality. Like the stream when we encounter ideas that completely shift the paradigm, they might seem both threatening and impossible at first glance. Truly, not every change is a positive change. We do need good judgment in our individual lives and in our community life as we attempt to shape and respond to and reframe the context of our choices. At the same time, my hope is that we can introduce a sense of curiosity and wonder when it comes to new ideas, new ways of doing things, new perspectives on this congregation's mission and how you pursue it together. If during this interim time we feel ourselves, in ourselves, a visceral reaction to a new idea, let's remember that the stream had an immediate negative reaction to the idea that eventually brought it to its destination. So let's slow down and practice deep listening when ideas or changes remind us of the stream's initial response. Getting back to the second useful thing about this story, it provides an illustration of the five focus points of transition. These five focus points were developed by the Interim Ministry Network, which is an interfaith association of clergy who practice transition as a specialty. The findings of the IMN form the basis of the training that those of us who are Unitarian Universalist accredited interim ministers completed to receive our accreditation. The five focus points are heritage, leadership, mission, connections, and future. And I could do full platforms on each one, but I will try to be brief today to give you the overview. The five focus points give us, that is you and me, a place to start in terms of what to think about, even if we don't yet know what we will conclude about these areas of study. 
So heritage. Heritage means that we will take some time to reflect on how the Washington Ethical Society has been shaped and formed over the years. I'll ask you about your treasured memories, and we might talk about how you have coped as a community with challenges. In the story, the stream made a breakthrough when it remembered that there was a time that it, or some part of it, had been something else. History holds valuable information. Reviewing the whole story makes it possible to evaluate whether adaptations made at one turning point are still a good fit for the next one. There may be complexities in your heritage that are half remembered and that bring wisdom for the new challenges of today. Leadership has to do with reviewing what the community needs and how you organize and develop lay leadership and volunteer skills among you. In the story, this is what I see happening as the stream and the sand and the wind work together in the whole system of the water cycle. In our interim time together, some of the reflections on leadership will come with the Lay Leadership Development Committee or the Community Relations Council and with the board. Your work on anti-racism, anti-oppression and multiculturalism within West is an aspect of leadership. In addition, I'll be curious about your personal volunteer experiences, your concept about how to collaborate with the clergy leader and about how you understand yourselves in relationship to each other. Mission is the work through which you as a congregation define and redefine a sense of purpose and direction. We will examine together not just your mission statement, but the glowing coal at the heart of what moves this congregation toward fulfilling its purpose. In the story, the stream feels that it, its destiny, its destiny is on the other side of the desert. Its mission is to keep moving. And it engages with the struggle of change because the mission is primary. Perhaps the stream redefines the mission as it comes to a new understanding and incorporates movements in the clouds and the rain into its sense of purpose. Connections are part of our interim work, interim work in that we will assess and develop the relationships that Wes has with organizations and constituencies and partners and institutions outside of itself. That includes the American Ethical Union and the Unitarian Universalist Association. You can see on the, this banner behind me, the UUA and the AEU are woven right in there. It includes coalition partners in justice and community organizing, neighbors in Shepherd Park, and perhaps others. We will endeavor to keep Wes's organizational and social justice partnerships active, and we will look at how the leader and the members work together to sustain those relationships. Larger connections are subtle in the tale of the sand story, but I imagine that the context of the atmosphere and the sun that warms the air to create wind and the ocean are all related to the stream and have an impact on its journey. We are part of systems that are larger than ourselves. Future is imagining what can come next. When we work on congregational financial stewardship, we are making way for the future. When we develop focus goals and work plans, we are making way for the future. 
the work we do to create room for clergy leadership and lay leadership that have not yet arrived is the work of the future. The end of this version of the tale of the sands concludes that the way in which the stream of life is to continue on its journey is written in the sands. To me, this means that there is a core of wisdom with a sense of the direction of the journey, someone who could imagine what comes next. On the other hand, the poetry of that phrase written in the sands reminds us that the story can always be changed. There is a future. It is unwritten and we can flow into it with intention. Before I close, I wanna say a few words about collaboration. The stream does not transcend the obstacle of the desert alone. Encouragement, shared information, and teamwork are all necessary to help it reach its destination. The voice of the sand provides coaching and reflection. The wind uplifts the water vapor and carries it not all the way to the ocean, but to a place where the mist becomes rain. One of the things I find true about the metaphor of this story is the recognition that dramatic results come from a collective. To my mind, the best and truest stories have ensemble casts. The work of the interim period is collaborative work. We will share ideas, certainly, and the work of the interim period goes beyond the world of ideas. There is praxis, there are details to implement, there are skills we can learn from each other. Your participation matters. I am curious about your thoughts and opinions and hopes and dreams, and your participation also means more practical things like volunteering to put in place the reimagined versions of events and programs this community needs at this turning point in history. Your participation means making and accepting phone calls, writing blog posts, wearing something fabulous to the online auction, and other day-to-day -day practices of sustaining this community. The good news is that collaboration is second nature to you. Building right relationship, working together, practicing your values in real-world situations, these are woven into the fabric of ethical culture. Though ethical culture has not been my home up to this point, I am familiar with it and I am eager to learn more. Your commitment to shared practice is immediately evident. In his 1988 book, The Humanist Way, Edward Erickson wrote, ethical humanism is a commitment to a way of life, to a creative relationship with others and thereby to ourselves, in which metaphysical and theological arguments are set aside. And I'm particularly drawn to Erickson's description of the creative relationship with others and thereby to ourselves. Echoing the commitment of eliciting the best in others and thereby in ourselves, it is a creative relationship. It is a shared art and science that brings something into being that is the unique result of contributions of multiple people in a particular context brought together with intention. Erickson went on to say that a notable feature of the creative ethical relationship that bears special notice is its character of openness. As Felix Adler interpreted the growth of the self, we enrich and transform our lives by first contributing to the creative growth of another. 
In other words, we need each other. And all of us are likely to change in some way if we are in a mutually accountable, mutually supportive ethical relationships. And I would add that the community providing the context for those relationships will also inevitably change if the people involved are committed to that framework of support, accountability, and ethics. Perry mentioned earlier that Wes's summer platform theme is about being collaborators and co-conspirators within the community and with those working for justice in the world around us. It's a good theme to keep in mind throughout this year. We will make mistakes. The line based on Rumi that's missing from our opening song is, though you have broken your vows a thousand times. That's part of the poem that was interpreted by Coleman Barks and Lynn Unger, who wrote the music for today, said it just didn't scan. So that's why she didn't include it. But though you have broken your vows a thousand times, come yet again, come. We will sometimes fail. And that's part of the creative process. Let's take the opportunity of this interim time, this liminal time, this boundary, this turning point. Let's take this opportunity of this interim time to learn together. Change is not easy or comfortable, yet we can shape the change that we know will happen when we commit to ethical, accountable, supportive relationships. During this interim time, we might frame our opportunities for the community's growth in terms of heritage, leadership, mission, connections, and future. Throughout our journey, let's look for ways to be collaborative and creative together. So be it. After some reflection music, we're going to open up the chat for community sharing. And one of the things I've already heard since arriving is that there is an interest in drawing out more personal experience and thoughtful responses during the community sharing time. So today we're gonna to try to do that with a framing question. If you have something else you want to say, that's also fine. Think of it as a writing prompt and you can take it or leave it. But here's the question. How has teamwork or collaboration enhanced your experience at WES or in another community of which you are a part? Think back to events, learning, justice making, comfort and challenge to live your values. How has teamwork been present? What made that teamwork possible? So let's contemplate, rest, and reflect as we experience the beauty of the musical response. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Keep moving on, keep moving on.
move it all. You gotta put one foot in front, one in front, and Thank you, Lynn, <clears throat> and thank you to the chorus. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform, what resonates in our own lives. Uh, you may want to consider the question that Lynn posed to us, how has teamwork or collaboration enhanced your experience at West or in another community of which you're a part? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments, and I will try to read uh, some of them, although I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with them all. Um, so there's a comment here from E. Elder. Uh, the death of my mother means that I and my family are facing a major transition, so this platform has been especially meaningful for me. Thank you, Lynn. That is certainly a major transition. Um, so when I ran the Coming of Age program a few years back, it was amazing to look at the history of COAMAT and work with the families in that cohort to rethink the gender-based weekend to a more inclusive weekend and COA experience. Shout out to Quinn's family, Russell's family, Jason's family, and Jesse's family. Love you all. That's from Robin. Thank you, Robin. Um, what else do we have? Jane Reese comments, true collaborative teamwork creates a sense of safety in which one feels brave enough to share. That resonates. Uh, and a comment from Maceo, 
What a great question. I'm part of a group of Black returned Peace Corps volunteers in the DMV. And over the years, we have been growing and collaborating and sharing our talents. An organized group has just settled on a slogan for the group, global service through local action. It's been over years that we have seen members come and go and come back and more new people come in. Lots of individual skills and talents to make this river flow. Amen. Um, let me catch up some more recent ones. Carol Rowie says, I never danced in the aisles at West, but I was dancing today at home. Excellent. <clears throat> Josh Blinder says, it's made me constantly remember that West is ever changing and always evolving in our interactions as well as in our goals. Nicole Beck says, Lynn's closing words reminded me of one of my favorite songs. The lyrics go, we've made mistakes that we can't change, but there's still, still time to start again. Beth Baker says, I value the sharing and trusting relationships we share in aging with intention. Uh, Mari Rothman, as a member of the original celebrations team, I found that collaboration gave rise to so much creativity. We did so much work in so little time, imagining putting that energy in the direction of all of our projects. Donna Taylor, variations on Lynn's prompt. I retired on March 31st, and one thing I miss in these recent months is face-to-face -face collaboration in the work environment and with Wes. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to read Naomi Goldstein's, and that's going to be it. We'll move on from there. I like to joke that work would be so much easier without all those other people. What makes this a joke is that, of course, work would be meaningless without all those other people, as much as they drive me crazy sometimes. All the rewards come from working with others. Okay, thank you all for your comments, and I'm sorry that there were uh, many more thoughtful ones than I could get to in the time we have available, but I hope uh, those of you who have the chat open were able to uh, read more of them yourselves. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at WES, half of the Sunday collection goes towards supporting the mission and activities of this congregation, and half of undesignated donations are shared with a program whose values resonate with our own ethical culture principles. Both are important, especially as Wes and all of our community partners are transforming to meet the needs and challenges of the current chapter of history. This month, we're sharing the plate with the Congregation Action Network, a network of faith communities in Washington, D.C. and the Maryland and Virginia suburbs, acting in solidarity to end detention, deportation, profiling, and criminalization of immigrants and demanding and upholding justice, dignity, safety, and family unity. Uh, I believe Omar Perez uh, is here to tell us about their good work. Is that correct? I have not seen him. Okay, all right. Well, <clears throat> in that case, we will just um, move on to uh, make sure that you know about the giving options that are available today. <clears throat> if you're a visitor this morning, we invite you to be our guest. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they're able. You'll see we have a give by text option, uh, the number on the screen there. Uh, 
or you can make a donation through our online uh, website. The website, there's a donate button there at ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music from Karen Storms. King Henry marched forth a sword in his hand, 2,000 horsemen all at his command. In a fortnight the rivers ran red through the land. The year 1520, 500 years past, we're more evolved now. We keep to ourselves behind fences and walls. Pretend you're not home if a stranger should call. For who knows what they might be wanting. Those strangers keep shouting, they won't let me be. If they have some issue, the problem's not me. I'm not hurting anyone, don't you agree? They should solve their own problems like I do. They rattle my walls, they march and they sing. They topple old statues, destroy anything. Tag buildings with spray paint, throw rocks at police. And somehow keep shouting for justice. We can't have them thinking that this can abide. We'll stop them, we'll beat them until they subside. We'll gas them, we'll shoot them, cause God's on our side. Until someday they learn to see reason. King Henry marched forth, the sword in his hand. Two thousand horsemen all at his command. In a fortnight the rivers ran red through the land. The year 1520. Five hundred years passed, we're more evolved now. We keep to ourselves behind fences and walls. So keep your mouth shut if a stranger should call. For who knows what they might be wanting. Well. Thank you, Karen. Thank you to all the people who helped create this morning's time together. Our new interim leader, Lynn Cox, of course, Leah Morris in the West Chorus, and whoever that piano player was, I forget. Um, Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator, Jen Watson, who created the marvelous, wonderful set of slides that we used today. All benefited from seeing those. Thanks to Robin Kravitz for communication support and hosting the coffee hour, which will be coming up shortly. Of course, Karen Storms has also been our platform coordinator this summer and today's tech host, Sonia Coopers. Thank you, Sonia. And thanks to all who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. Um, as you will so shortly see on the screen, we have 
several opportunities for West members and friends to check in during the week. And there are a variety of support groups as well. Uh, another reminder, yes, uh, those, some of those uh, check-in opportunities are now visible. Uh, reminder that our weekly 16th Street Vigil continues each Friday from 5 to 6, including sidewalk chart, chalk art for folks of all ages starting at 4.30. You can find the details for these and all other events on our website calendar at www.ethicalsociety.org. And finally, thank you for being here with us. Speaking of being here, next Sunday, we will not be here here, but we will be taking a virtual field trip to visit the New York Society of Ethical Culture. Uh, they will be hosting the Ethical uh, Sunday, Ethical Society Sunday, I think that it's, it's called um, this time. Their platform service is at 11 a.m. Eastern. So stay alert for more information about that. The following week, August 30th, will include a question box. Lynn will be addressing your questions during the platform. Uh, there will be a link that you can use to submit questions to Lynn in the weekly email this Thursday. I invite you now to sing along at home to our closing song of the summer of collaborators and co-conspirators led by the West Chorus. We resist, we refuse to let hatred in. We rise up, we won't back down. We're in this till the end. We resist, we refuse to let hatred in. We rise up, we won't back down. We refuse to let hatred in. We rise up, we won't back down. We're in this till the end. We resist, we refuse to let hatred in. We rise up, we won't back down. We're in this till the end. We resist and we
I now invite you to join in our closing words. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, finding and nurturing collaboration in the quest for a better world. Okay, now it's time for our virtual coffee hour where we'll have a chance to see each other face to face and join in smaller breakout groups to chat. If you're new to our community, once again, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. That's maceot at ethicalsociety.org. You can see that um, uh, address on the screen there. And um, everyone, please uh, transfer over to the coffee hour. There's a URL for it right there. And if you got the email, uh, you can link to it directly that way as well. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll look forward to our time together next week in New York and to seeing you back here in two weeks. Take care.